what's up everybody? King Triple C here. This is a Crippler, Chris Lieben. This is Landry, the Lone Star Kid Ward, and you're, you're listening, listening to, to Story of the Fight. Fight. How's it going, Will? Oh, it's going, man. <laughs> it's going. Another week. What a fucking Welcome to night. Story of the Fight. Welcome to Story of the Fight. So another week of Story of the Fight. I'm Ramiro, I go by Miro. Here with my boy, Will. So, man, another interesting week of fights. Definitely want to cover them all. Before we get going, though, did want to cover the fact that YouTube, if you're on YouTube, subscribe, like, comment. It goes a long way. If you like any of the content we're putting out there. Uh, we're also on Spotify, Breaker, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Google Podcasts, and of course, Apple Podcasts as well. So give us a listen. Again, subscribe. Helps us out a lot. Uh, that being said, Will, any moment of silence this week? Yeah, we got a few. <clears throat> I'm gonna break this into two moments of silence. We got. Ooh, this is a first. Yeah, it's a first. Uh, for this card, you know, uh, Ben Rothwell was supposed to be on this fighting uh, mm-hmm. Felipe Lins. Lins. Um, Ricardo Ramos was supposed to fight uh, Zubairo uh, Tahugov. Tahugov uh, injured his knee. I guess he just had to have surgery on it. He's gonna be out for like four months. Um, Don Madge, um, uh, it's a bummer. Don Madge was supposed to fight, uh, Guram Kutatalaze, which is, I'm so excited to see him fight again, but apparently he also had a knee injury. So he, that fight got canceled. <clears throat> um, Dan Ige originally was slated to fight Ryan Hall, the wizard, which would have been cool to see because he is a unicorn and we never get to see him fight. Uh, yeah. And that would have been cool. And then the biggest one, obviously, is Leon Edwards versus Kamzat Kimaev. Kimaev is having whatever issues he's having with his with his COVID symptoms. Retired. Dana says he's not retired. Then he says he's not retired. There might have been some pressure from a mob leader of a country. All this stuff, but the fight didn't. He's happen. like, Re- remember, you're representing an entire country. And Hamza's yeah. like, okay, I'm not retired. <laughs> yeah. Uh, an interesting one. Ray Rodriguez was supposed to fight Irwin Rivera. Um, and Rivera was arrested. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Don't really know what happened there. Not going to talk about it because I don't know the details. So that's our moment of silence for this card. Second moment of silence, a more serious moment of silence. Marvelous Marvin Hagler Uh, died last night. Or apparently, I don't know when he died, if it was yesterday or if that's just when it was announced that he passed away, but... Dude was a legend, you know, middleweight champion for like seven years. At the, Possibly uh, one of the greatest of... fights in boxing history. Her, uh, Hagler Hearns? Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Uh, de- definitely lost in the, the fighting community. I think he was only 66, too. Dude, he's, um, he's like uh, two weeks, l- less than two weeks younger than my dad. So that's wow. a bummer. So prayers going out to his family, man. It's a it's a huge loss again. Uh, yeah, I'm big sure loss. The family, the <clears throat> and, so. I mean, I don't know. Who knows what? I don't think they've said what what went ha- like what 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 happened. But yeah, it's just a bummer, man. Because the guy, it sucks when when you lose people like this because they're people who you watch, especially like growing up, right? You watch them and they're like indestructible. So mm-hmm. um, nobody is right, but man, if anybody embodied indestructible, indestructible, it's Marvin Hagler. You know? Yeah. Yeah, that's so true. We look up to a lot of these folks, and it's a reminder that uh, we're all just human, right? Yeah, we're all just yeah, human, but we much. look up to them, and 
and uh, they're larger than life, you know, especially mm-hmm. when we're growing up watching them on TV. And uh, again, this is a, a reminder. Again, yeah. we're all human and it also uh, kind of puts us at grips with our own mortality too, which I think is what uh, is a little, a little scary, but man, yeah, <laughs> uh, good, good, good moment of silence, Will. Good moment of silence yeah. this week. Yeah. Um, pay respect, you know. For sure. Uh, that being said, we do have some fights to talk about that did go down. Yeah, and, uh, and real quick, if if fights are happening and you guys want people to talk to, I know it's the reason we started doing this is because me and Ramiro used to always talk about fights and stuff. Um, <clears throat> but it's kind of hard to find people who you can actually like have good conversations about the fights and everything with. So we have a Facebook group uh, that you can chime in and stuff while while the fights are happening if you want to talk about what's going on and you just want to have more back and forth obviously you can comment on youtube and we'll and we'll we'll pretty much respond to everybody that's commenting right now but um if you want to be talking during the fights check out the facebook group um it's a mma talk community by uh story of the fight podcast yeah we, we should have a link in the description too um for sure and then uh <clears throat> we did just post an interview with alex caceres bruce leroy so definitely check that out because it's by far, I think that, that was the most fun I've had since we started doing this. It was such a fun interview, such a cool guy. So check that out. Yeah, everybody has listened to it so far has uh, a lot of really good things to say about it. So yeah, for sure, it check fun. it out. It now, the, 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 the first fight, Simmelsberger versus Mitt. I know this is something you wanted to cover. It was a quick <laughs> fight, so I'll let you go ahead and, uh, and cover the 16 seconds there. Yeah, 16 seconds, right? <laughs> um, and this... Uh, Everybody's the reason I want to talk about it is it got it got a performance of the night bonus, but then on nice. top of that, um, everybody's talking about how the calf kick, the calf kick, the calf kick. It's it. Oh, it's too op. No one can. You can't really check it. You have to evade it. All this stuff, right? Right hand, right straight. Mm-hmm. Jason Witt got a little careless with the calf kick that he threw, and as he timed, man, he timed it so perfectly. Uh, as soon as he he kind of leaned back a little bit, didn't have his guard up, threw the kick, pop, popped him, dropped him. That's a wrap. So not much to talk about in that fight. But if you can time the calf kick, uh, I mean, it's different, right? Because when it's really effective is when people like to talk about how your combo is like a like a sentence, right? And your strikes are like your vocabulary, right? The, the more complex your vocabulary is, the more complex your striking is, that all that kind of stuff. You punctuate the sentence. So your period or your exclamation point or whatever is is your low kick, right? You do a crazy combo, leg kick, you're out. And that's like perfect, perfect. If you can do that for every exchange, that's you're phenomenal, right? You, you might go down as the greatest of all time, but you don't want to throw it lazy. And that's kind of what happened here. You want to mask it yeah. with some punches, maybe, or get maybe time it a little bit better. Yeah, there, there wasn't any feints or anything uh, leading him into the the uh, calf kick, so uh, <laughs> he definitely ended up paying for it. The only person that I can think of that probably wouldn't have to come in with combos or anything like that would probably be like uh, Edson Barbosa. Yeah, yeah, because <clears throat> uh, it's so fast. But other than that, man, yeah, you're absolutely right. You got to try to mask it somehow. Yeah, you don't throw it out there as a feeler because, man. <laughs> You watch some of the some of the gnarliest knockdowns in MMA history are from people timing leg kicks, so yep. you gotta be careful. <laughs> Can't just so not much there. on that fight. Yeah, uh, not the much. next one: Hack Paras versus Garcia, also known as uh, as uh, Slim Gasolum. By the Slim way, Gasolum. did you did you hear uh, Brendan Fitzgerald when he called him Gasolum? 
Did he really? Dude, so he's going, and I swear to God, like the entire time, Hex Proud's walking, I was like, dude, this is a slim Gaslam, and he looks just <laughs> like Calvin Gaslam. Yeah. And I wasn't the only one that was thinking that, obviously, uh, because I, I want to say it was in the middle of the first round, and he goes, uh, Gaslam's been getting these kicks in early in this uh, first round. And I was no just like, way. Did he I really? I swear. I swear. <laughs> Literally called him Gaslam. Yeah. So I was like, did I, did I get this right? Or was he talking about Gaslam earlier? And I missed that. You know what I mean? But no. And then later on, I see Justin <laughs> Gaethje post something that says he really called him Gaslam right now. <laughs> so That's fantastic. So funny. But uh, man, <clears throat> it, it was a fun fight. This is a fun fight. And this is, again, commentary 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 um not the biggest it's it this i actually really like bisping as a commentator um and actually honestly dude outside of dan hardy rest in peace he didn't die but he's not working with the ufc anymore but uh i really like dan hardy's commentary but Mm -hmm. fitzgerald dude i really like fitzgerald in the booth that guy is so professional man um and i feel like you need you need somebody, at least one of the three needs to be very professional because they get, they get so chummy, right? We talk about it all the time. but um, Just a couple boys but, talking about some fights in front of yeah, thousands of fans. You hear uh, at the end of this fight, this thing's like, yeah, I don't see how this could be anything but a 30-27 hack press. I was like, in what way did hack press win the first round? Yeah. There's no way. Um, and I'm glad the judges gave it to Garcia. I think that, I think or not not gave it, but gave the first round at least. First right? round. Um, but as soon as Hack Hackbrass is is crafty, man, he's so crafty. Once he starts seeing the holes, it, it's almost. I don't want to give him too much credit and say he kind of took the first round off to get reads. Could have, but man, his uh, his wherewithal and his combos and mixing with the body and going back up to the head and just finding all these holes and putting together these lengthy combos. Dude, once he's on, man, certain fighters get in that flow state, right? And it's like, you cannot stop them. You have to do something to, like, earn the respect back and get them out of that flow state. And that's going to be a tough, tough challenge against someone like Hackbrass going forward. Yeah, man. And I think it was the middle of the second round where you really see him to start turning it on. Mm-hmm. And you can even tell uh, the body language, right? Because he creeps in a little slowly, slowly tiptoes in, works his way out. But then in the middle of the second round, he's bouncing on his toes, man. He's in, yeah. he's out. And uh, he had this nice move, and it was just so repetitive because Garcia kept on coming in with a high guard straight ahead, mm-hmm. straight ahead at him. So Hackpross would step in, lead left uh, straight or lead left elbow, and then hop yeah. back, wait for Garcia to start walking forward again, lead left, or lead left, el- like over and over mm-hmm. and over again, literally for a round and a half all the way through to the very end. Yeah, And you can start seeing Garcia's right side of his face start swelling up, the bottom, you know, uh, like right near his eyelid. Mm-hmm. And it was just from that repetitive move over and over and over again. Um, you know, and it, you think that maybe Cuff Swanson or somebody in the corner would be like, hey, dude, like, give us some head movement on the way in. You know what I mean? Maybe He, he had decent head movement in the first round, but it was very, um, like, uh, like, it was very repetitive. It was the same head movement the whole time. It wasn't, there was no fake outs. There was no, it was just the same back and forth, back and forth. And then eventually Hackfrass got that timing and was landing almost everything he was throwing. And like you said, his his footwork of being able to stay on the outside and just pull him in and then left hook, pull him in, yep. left hand. Just over, like you said, over and over and over again. I, I, if um, 
if he did take that first round a little bit off to make reads and stuff like that, fantastic. Um, but also Garcia hit him with a couple bombs in the first round. I think it was two overhand rights that you could tell changed his demeanor, you know, made him take mm-hmm. notice. Unfortunately, that's pretty much the most of the success that he had was that overhand right. And once he was made aware of it, he didn't, I don't think he landed another big one throughout the whole rest of the fight. And this mm. is what you look for in, in someone like Hackbrass, right? Because he's, I mean, he's a prospect still, technically, right? Um, he's now on a 13 and three now, four fight win streak in the UFC. No, he lost to Drew Dober, um, which is no slouch. Again, right? Drew Dober, but, no slouch. Yeah, yeah, no slouch. But um, very uh, promising fighter. He was supposed to fight Armin Saryukin, which would have been awesome mm. to see, but it didn't happen. But what I'm getting to is we've seen this guy now, and this is what separates MMA from boxing a little bit too. He's had a couple losses, right? Um, which in boxing, you get a few losses and you almost get Careers over. Careers yeah. over. Dude, yeah. And um, whereas Hackbrass gets a few losses, learns from him, comes back. And now we've seen him get physically tested in that first round yeah. that's that first overhand right and back to the commentary man the commentary lately they get so involved with their conversation that they're not talking about what's happening in the fight and after that first big right hand bisping was like oh and then they kept talking about something else but dude you could see his feet he had to dig his feet in real quick and was a little bit wobbly like he was hurt um and then he got cracked again by the same punch in the same round and it wobbled him again but still you know Bared through it, and then second round turns up his turn starts fighting his fight. Third, and then the third round is just at that point it was just all hack brass. So that's one of the things we look for, right? In somebody is is dealing with adversity and coming back from it, and that's exactly what he did in this fight. Obviously, he did, he, and no disrespect to Garcia, Garcia actually looked pretty damn good. I'll be I'll be excited to watch his next fight, but it's not like he was fighting, you know, someone like Justin Gaethje who just drops people in that division with like one shot. Garcia but, had come in twelve and zero. What was that? Garcia had come in twelve and zero. Mm-hmm. You know, so uh, yeah, put on a good fight. A lot too. of people were really excited. They had to, to see him in there. But uh, yeah. props to him. Yeah. And he, he what did a put night up a good of, fight. Yeah, what a night of uh, kind of <laughs> tough welcomes. You know, because oh, that no, was I think sure, yeah man. that was also Garcia's debut. Debut. Some of these debut matchups in this card were fucking brutal. Brutal. <laughs> Two of them. Brutal. This is uh, man, you get to the UFC, you're fighting someone like Hack Brass. That's that sucks. And, it's and like, all right, again, cool, shot by fire. He showed up well, and I think uh, mm-hmm. what was it? A two weeks notice that uh, yeah. Garcia had. I think they said so. Well, because uh, and, and props to Hack Brass because Hack Brass was supposed to fight Don Madge, um, and Madge had visa issues. So mm. I think originally Kutateladze was supposed to fight Madge. Kutateladze pulled out, um, and then Hackbrass stepped in, and then Madge pulled out, and then Garcia. F- so it was basically both both of them took short notice fights. <laughs> you know? Props to them, man. Props to yeah. them. Uh, and do that's you have what you have to do, uh... right? Yeah, and that's what they talked about. You with with Garcia, you stay in shape just in case you get that call. Hey, take a short notice fight. Most of the people who who get their debut in the UFC, it's a short notice appearance rarely we heard uh landry ward talk about it during our interview with landry ward by the way if you haven't heard that interview it's a fun interview as well check it out Mm -hmm. uh but where he talks about 
possibly wanting to go L, uh, LFA next. Then he said uh, probably uh, Dana's uh, contender series. Or if I happen to get a call before that, yeah. then that's that's what route we go. So you're absolutely right. When the opportunity presents itself, you don't know when the opportunity is going to come up again. Yeah, You don't know if it yeah. ever will. So mm-hmm. when it comes, man, you got to take it. Yeah. And it's... And and he's so right about the the LFA. I think he should definitely go to the LFA because, man, you know that the UFC just has eyes on the LFA. Um, mm-hmm. So that you you have to stay ready. You just have to stay ready because, I mean, this this card I didn't list all of them, but it's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine fight changes. Right, not nine fight um, cancellations, but opponent changes, people withdrawing, fights being canceled. It happens all the time. So, and not um, just that, but we talk about like let's say a, a hack process. I haven't seen what his earnings are uh, off the last fight, but it can't be too much. So when you think about when's the next time that he's going to get a call for another matchup, you know, mm-hmm. if he takes this fight right now, it might give him an opportunity to fight two or three times this year. Yeah. Or if he doesn't take this fight right now, who knows when he gets another call and does it move him back to two or one fights in the year? So yeah, you got to try to make Dude, money, wanna, man. This is the way. You wanna know it, one it, of the, one of probably the worst matchups for a for a UFC debut. What was back in the day in like two thousand four, two thousand five? Joe Lozon debuts against former champion Jens Pulver. Supposed to be the bounce back well, fight for Jens Pulver and knocks <laughs> him out in the first round. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Yeah. Well, uh, God, who was it that recently? Uh, Ricardo Lamas mm-hmm. went up against somebody that was. Uh, like like their first fight debut stepped in on like two days notice you remember who it was oh and he looked great who was that yeah yeah, yeah. he gave llamas all, all he could handle yeah who but was I, that? I, I i can't remember the name but Hold he had on. a good showing on his last fight as well yeah it well, was uh bill aljo there we go yeah who's there we go always going to be exciting you know yeah I'm but again your first fight in the ufc so. and it's like here's uh ricardo llamas <laughs> Yeah. Okay, well, take the call. Take the call. Yep. All right, uh, let's go ahead and move on here. Uh, now, this next fighter, somebody that's giving Song Yadong for one of the best names on <laughs> Ray Rodriguez. <laughs> Definitely not Ray Rodriguez. That'd be Ronnie, Ronnie Yaya. Yeah. Ronnie Yaya versus Ray Rodriguez. Uh, what'd you think of this fight? Yep, this was uh, one of those things, man. Reminiscent of Damian Maya, you know? It's like, you know exactly what's coming. Do yep. your best to stay away from it. And if you don't, try to survive. <laughs> you know, Ronnie Yaya is, uh, he'll find a way to you. He'll find it. If he gets to you, he'll find a way to the ground. And if he gets on the ground, he'll find a way to submit you. <laughs> and um, Ray Rodriguez cracked him in the first exchange of the fight. <laughs> Landed a big shot. Unfortunately, didn't have quite the distance management to continue that um, and to keep him on the outside. Um, I would not want to fight Ronnie Yaya in the small cage. No. You know, like, get the fuck no. away from me. <laughs> he's eventually going to get a clinch up against the cage, and he's eventually going to find a way to trip you, get you down. Man, mm-hmm. the thing is, I think we talked recently about just those one-trick ponies in MMA these days where it's just mm-hmm. so hard for them to be successful now because everybody's so well-rounded. But when you have somebody like uh, Damian Maya, Ronnie Yaya, where you know exactly what their game plan is going to be, doesn't matter who they face. Yeah, their game plan stays the same. I could coach that guy. I could I could be in his corner and be like, "All right, Ronnie, this is what we're going to do. 
You're going to try to get as close as possible to him. <laughs> you're going to try to take him down to the ground, and you're going to submit him. Do that's his thing. game plan every single yeah every single time. And the fact that everybody knows that that's what his game plan is going to be coming in, but they mm-hmm. can't stop it, just goes to show, again, there's levels. Even though he's a one-trick pony, man, his one trick is Very up here. Very good. Very good. So, you got the same, props uh, to Ronnie same, like, head and arm, same head and arm choke as um, uh, Islam. Like hot chip. Oh, yeah, yeah. From, just from half guard. Yep. You know? Um, yep. That's going to be... Again, there's levels. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Nope, not everybody's going to be able to pull that off. Yeah, man. Uh, so, I, you know what? I might just try to be a, a coach. I'm going <laughs> to... I'm gonna try to pick up Ronnie Yaya. I'm gonna try to pick up. Uh, well, let's see if uh, Habib wants to come back, and I'll just tell him to just wrestle. And you got hey, this. Habib. Hey, go Very out good. there. Go out there. <laughs> show some hands. Get a takedown. Smash and wrestle him. Yeah, smash him. Uh, yeah. No, so you know, you talk about boxing and how mm-hmm. a couple wins isn't the end of the world for somebody in the MMA world. And you I have a perfect example. In yeah. A couple losses, mm-hmm. sorry. And you have a uh, Jan Blahowicz. That's a perfect example of somebody mm-hmm. that would have been written off in boxing and here in MMA is now the uh, light heavyweight world champion. Yeah. With the po- yeah. Polish power. Polish, Polish power. power. All right. And Do you also, have anything else on uh, Ronnie Yaya? Yeah. Uh, is it 21 now submissions in the UFC? A ridiculous amount. I mean, no, you look I, at his I don't last... think in the UFC. Just in MMA. If you I, look I think at his MMA, last. Dude, if we go past his list of his his recent wins, you got Ray Rodriguez, <laughs> arm triangle, right? Head and arm choke. Yeah. His last win was Luke Sanders, heel hook. Then uh, Russell Dwayne. I don't know how to say that last name. Sorry, dude. Uh, arm triangle. <laughs> uh, Henry Briones, Kimura. Kimura. And then uh, a decision against uh, Michinora, Michinori Tanaka. Then the arm triangle choke against Matthew Lopez. A hey, you think he likes that John arm Bedford. triangle? What was that? I said, you think he likes that arm uh, triangle choke? <laughs> I know, right? He's got a north-south choke. Very rare. Wow. I mean, yeah. They're, they're probably com- it, combining with... Um, with... Uh, yeah. In, WC and stuff like that, but... I remember you know. seeing uh, something that they put up on the screen where they're showing most submissions... Uh, in UFC history, and I, I, I want to say that uh, Charles Oliveira. The Bronx. The Bronx. Yeah, the Bronx is still up there with 14, I believe. Uh, this gave Yaya 12, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. But either way, he's getting there, man. Uh, just yeah. a little bit longer. He gets a few more fights in this year. He might actually be uh, tying Charles the Bronx or he, uh, or passing him. Here's the. You want to know the real, real reality? He probably oh, dude, will because. The real, real reality. Yeah, because at this point, Oliveira's only fighting top five for the next yep. couple of years. Uh, much harder to get those submissions, whereas Ronnie Yaya could potentially get a couple favorable matchups still where he's where he's at, you know, in the rankings. So, and not just that, yeah. just overall less at bats, right? Yeah, so when you too. have uh, a Ronnie Yaya that's fighting two to three times a year, and you're only fighting one time a year, and it's big fights, mm-hmm. uh, Ronnie Yaya's yeah. getting more at bats, so he's probably going to end up with uh, the most uh, submissions in UFC history here by the time he's done. Yeah, could be. So could be. All right, very real possibility. The next one. Now. Charles Jordan or Charlay Jordan. Mm-hmm. Everybody pronounces it differently. That's another name where everybody was pronouncing it differently. I think it's just uh, Jordan. Throughout the night. Jordan, Jordan, and then Marcelo Rojo. I know you were really high on Rojo going into this one. He's my boy, you know. 
He's had some ups and downs boy. in his career, but we, he's always we kick been it on the boy. weekends. He's my boy. Yeah, dude. <laughs> uh, this, this, I, I don't know how you don't award this fight of the night. Both these guys deserve fifty grand for that fight. This was an absolute war. Yeah, it was fucking awesome, dude. Both the now, first two rounds were so sick, and then it was like, I oh sent man, you this... the picture. Of oh yeah, Rojo. The day of, right before his fight, and then the day after. And uh, I'll send it to uh, Rich Casual as well so we can put it up mm-hmm. uh, so everybody can see. But, dude, this guy is as tough as they come, man. <laughs> yeah. He took a fucking beating. Both the guys did work in there. But, man, just the aftermath when you see yeah. Rojo's face is, is insane. And this is, the, uh, this is the other debut, UFC debut, mm-hmm. against a ridiculously tough opponent. Like, I know Charles Jordan doesn't have the the crazy name on him right now, but we've talked about him before. That guy is very good, especially with his hands. Well, not even just his hands. His stand-up is fantastic. Um, and I texted you and I texted uh, Andrew. Shout out, Andrew. Um, texted both you guys. Super excited for this fight. Very tough opponent to debut against. <laughs> and then, man, he, that first round, he looked so good. He was looking so good that first round. I thought it was a, a such a nice display of just technical striking, man. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the things that you always point out, Will, is how you really grade somebody striking by the amount of uh, work to the body that they yeah. have as well. And they both mixed it in beautifully, man. Between mm-hmm. the low leg kicks, uh, Jordan's uh, jab, you know, uh, just hooks to the body. It was just a nice mix back and forth between the yeah. two. Yeah, that first round awesome. I had... I had uh, Marcelo winning. It was one of those rounds where Jordan was showing him more tools, but he was landing the more effective strikes and he was landing the more damaging strikes um, in the first round. Second round, Jordan started kind of uh, making a little bit more headway with his mm-hmm. with all his tools because he's out there throwing switch high kicks, you know, like roundhouse kicks, body kicks. He's go- he's going everywhere with with everything. But it was close. It was yeah. still. I, it was I very, still thought very it was a close, close round. round. Yeah. It and and props to Jordan's tra- uh, coaches because they were telling him, "Man, this is you need you to could finish. be down two and zero. This could yep. be him. He could have won those first two rounds." Uh, and you hear in the corner, he said, "I'm going to finish him this round." Um, I was like, so "Fuck!" Sick. I'm getting goosebumps right now. I'm yeah, getting goosebumps. Dude. And that third round, fucking hell, dude. Jordan is. <sighs> If 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 he's continuing, and I'm sure he is, because the the not glaring hole, but definitely his weakness is his grappling, right? Mm-hmm. That's his not his strongest suit. It's clearly his striking, um, and his fight IQ, honestly, is is fantastic, um, just fantastic. Uh, yeah, he he's he goes out there in a fight where potentially he's down down two rounds, needs a finish. And just puts in the work to go for it. Just absolutely relentless in that third round. It was fucking crazy. I was like, I was exhausted just watching. Because I'll be honest, I was watching this fight. And I and I like Charles Jordan, but I was really, really rooting for Marcelo. And so going into that third, I was like, I hope he's two rounds up. Even though I had it one and one. And I was like, <laughs> I was like maybe he'll put it together here. And throughout the whole round, I was just like, fucking... I was like, survive, just survive, just in case those first two. Uh, And it was exhausting, even just watching somebody, hoping that they they get out of that round. Dude, just no room, 
absolutely zero yep. room. And maybe one of the coolest ground and pound moves I've seen since Pride. Off the cage? Yeah. Showtime awesome. ground and pound? Yeah, dude. It was like dude, Anthony it, Pettis mixed with fucking Shogun, dude. It was so sick. It was fantastic. But again, Rojo displayed just like ultimate toughness, man. There was a few mm-hmm. times where he took a few shots and I was just like, oh, that's got to be it. I was like, well, no, he's still firing back. He's still surviving. Not just that. Not just that, but talking to the ref. Did you see yeah. that? When he was up yep. against the cage on his like, back, I'm good. eating shots. He was like, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. Just like, do not, this is my fucking debut. Do not take this from me, you know? Oh, what a and savage, the, man. What a yeah. savage. What a great and then fight. You, you also heard Jordan's uh, corner yell out, you got to finish him. Mm-hmm. And I, I just love it when you hear something yelled out of the corner and then the fighter, like, because Jordan, it's like, he was like, fuck, they're, they're right. And he just got go another gear. And he just continues emptying the tank everything he has emptying the Mm -hmm. tank man and then uh finally that last body shot that rojo took and he just collapsed after that i was like oh man he he just took so much damage there you know so much damage it was but uh and and i don't think it was a late stoppage though no it's fantastic i don't think it was late stoppage yeah who who uh, refed that fight uh probably not herb dean but uh was smith it was mark smith's the best right now nah where the fuck was uh my boy why wasn't he there? I don't know, man. You got to hit him up and see what happened. I know. Where you at? <laughs> but, uh, Get in there. Yeah. Uh, but no, I, I, great, great ref and uh, work. And uh, Jordan, man, he's, uh, again, we've talked about him before. I think mm-hmm. everybody got to see a little bit more of, of what we've been seeing and, and him showcase some of his skills. Yeah. And it was, a good, it was a good opponent for him, though. Somebody that was willing to, Fantastic. to stand and trade. Yeah, so, fantastic. I cannot believe they fight. didn't get fired of the night because honestly, dude, this is I know we're just in March, right? But we have a, we still have a short list of fight of the year contenders, but dude, put this one on there honestly. I don't know if it's going to win, right? It, I mean, we've seen I mean, it didn't fights. even win fight of the night. That's that's crazy to me. It is. Imagine it if is. this year's is because let's be honest, if nothing passes that fight as fight of the year, it'd be a pretty lackluster year, right? Yeah. Um but imagine a fight winning fight of the year and didn't even win fight. Didn't of the night. win fight of the night. <laughs> That'd be but hilarious. Dude, this fight was fucking awesome, man. It's crazy to me that they didn't. These guys deserve some extra extra cash for that, man. Because you know, you know, Marcelo Rojo's not making a ton of money right now. You know. No. There's no way no. he's making more than he. There's no way that he got paid more than fifty grand for that fight. At least they're covering his medical bills, though. It's true. Yeah, hopefully he had some. Hopefully he had some lingering issues and injuries that he could he could say happened in the fight. You know, get those taken yeah. care of. Because, um, man, fucking tough, tough debut, man. I, I want sure. I want to see him get a layup, dude. You know, I want to see that that celebration in the UFC. The T Rex celebration. Yeah, the Velociraptors. Fucking, <laughs> that's so sick, dude. All right, man. So uh, we'll move on to the next fight here. Hill versus yeah. Yoder. This is a rematch. Now going yeah. into this. They're, the uh, commentators were like, we're talking to Yoder, and Yoder said it's night and day, her skill set from the first time they fought to right now. And in my head, I was like, yeah. Very apparent. But you, but you know who else has also improved a lot? Hill. She's improved She's so much. She's fantastic, man. She's so underrated. Yeah. Uh, she went into this fight, I think, ranked 12th. And mm-hmm. taking a look at the division, I, I still think she should be ranked higher than a lot of those girls. But Angela Hill is legit, man. Yeah. She's no joke. So, going into this fight, I figured this should be somewhat of a layup for Angela Hill. And, dude, her unorthodox movement, so good. And dude, and her timing, it, dude. 
Every, she disrupts her own timing, so you can't ever really get a read on her. She's doing a really this good is job. The best, this is the best I had seen her look in a long time. And yeah. uh, I, I'm glad somebody called it out, but I want to say it was uh, Fitzgerald or maybe it was uh, Bisming. They're like, that was very Dominic Cruz-esque. Because I was thinking uh, that the entire time when she was like down, up, like left, right. like Oh, she's just, trained a lot with uh, Dominic shots Cruz. Shots from different angles. Yeah, so dude, she looked fantastic. Yeah. Uh, and, dude, uh, some Yoder, of those... When she, oh, I think it was the end of the second round. It might have been in the third round. She was trying to go for the finish with those knees to the body up against the cage. Oh, I was like, gnarly. what the fuck? And props to Yoda, bro. That was those were heavy, dude. And it was just repeatedly. She just fucking. Well, so it was brutal. in that second too, where Hill came in with a straight left to uh, the liver, mm-hmm. and you see Yoda kind of like hunch over a little bit, yeah. elbow drops. Just trying and that's to why it. she was, yeah. And so she went back again to the body with another punch. You saw her do it again up against the cage. So she was like, all right, let me get some of these Muay Thai knees in real quick. Uh, it was probably like three or four straight before Yoda's like, right, yeah. let me, I'm going to eat this one, but let me catch one of these and at least drop it. And then take so. you down, yeah. Yeah. Well, she was just putting man. so much into it, man. Going for the, And even Bisping said, he's like, yeah, she went, maybe went a little too hard with those knees trying to go for the finish. But I'll be honest, I would have done the same thing in that position. Because <laughs> you have Dude, someone covering was... up who's clearly you just hurt him to the body and you just want to rip it and just get the finish. But couldn't get it unfortunately but man what a dominant performance super dominant performance but this was another fun fight you know mm-hmm. i was um i love this division looking through a couple of the uh the uh, mma pages and like we mentioned earlier mma talk community by story of the fight on facebook but there's another one i was on and somebody was like dude this card's gonna suck it it, this card it doesn't was have so any it doesn't have any any big name fighters except for edwards and i was like man but so i, I went on there and i just responded and i was like dude Manel Caps on there, you know. Uh, we got yeah, Ige on there. Started, bro. Angela Hills on there. Like it, it just had. Darren the so dentist. So many good fights. Eric Anders. Yeah, it was a great dude, card. There were so many good fighters on the card, and I'm just like, ah, oh, dude, why don't people appreciate? If there's no Conor McGregor, if there's no Izzy, if there's no John Jones on top, they're like, oh, I don't know about this card, man. I know. This card was stacked. It's such yeah. a fun card, and it yeah. delivered overall. It delivered. Yeah. Man, there was a couple right. of letdowns, right? But uh, overall, the card was fantastic. Yeah, there, but dude, I mean, there was a certain point where this card just started rolling through, and it was like, "All right, on oh, to the next one. Let's you know keep what? it going." It, and props to the UFC for not having me wait fucking thirty minutes between the fight when one was over early. I know. Like seriously, like this is how it should be. Yeah. Let's get the fighters ready. Also, over early. I like I like the main card starting at five in the in the past over here in California. I like that in more than seven. I'm an early. Well, bird. I, I like waking up early, you know. I like falling asleep, you know. Yeah, except for last night. I stayed up later, but. <laughs> but I mean, no, but yeah, you, you know what I mean. That, I like it when it starts yeah. at five. It feels good. Same here. Same here. Uh, all right, the next fight. This is probably one of the ones that you say was somewhat of a letdown. While it was going though, this Banger. fight was swinging Banger. and banging, yeah, clicking and clacking all the way through. Eric yeah. Anders versus Darren Stewart. So on my picks for the night. By the way, my picks, I, I probably finished 50-50. Not the best night in picks. But uh, I had uh, picked your boy, Eric Anders, for this fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I know there's some folks that are high on Darren Storr. I'm not saying he's not good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I still think that he hasn't reached that next level. Yeah. Next, You know what I mean? So Eric Anders, one of those power punchers that I figured was going to be able to hurt Darren Stewart and hurt him early. So, mm-hmm. like, it started happening. And I was like, dude, I envisioned this. Yeah. You know, just like... Just like uh, Holly told Susie, he's like, I had a dream about this. Yeah. And uh, and then, unfortunately, got stopped early. 
Dude, back-to-back -back cards is crazy for illegal knees to stop fights. Dude, and yeah. this is also another spot where Mark Smith and people like Mark Smith and Herzog are becoming this new echelon of the standard for refs because Herb Dean, man, just looks... I don't know, just lately he just looks so, like, unamused with what's going on and just not, like, focused and, like, present. Like, I get it's not his job to tell Eric Anders that, hey, his knee's down, right? Um, but uh, he should have. <laughs> you When someone's in going in on a kill like that, this is more, this is way more excusable than the Piotr Jan one. Way more because, mm -hmm. dude, he was just going. He was trying to get the finish. It was like yep. thirty seconds of him just putting a beat down on somebody, trying to get a finish. He's in. He has that tunnel vision. I'm sure of just hit this guy as many times as I can, as hard as I can with whatever's going to work. His knees down. And there was a part right and before it? that. There was a part right before that where Darren's knee was down, and it looked like he was about to knee him, and then he didn't, and then he got up, hit him a couple more times, dropped to a knee, looked like he was going to do it, and then he did it. Herb should have been recognizing that and been saying, hey, because his job is not to let the fight play out, right? His job is to protect the fighters. So I'm not saying he should have warned Eric Anders so that he didn't throw the illegal knee and didn't get DQ'd. He should have he said, don't throw, hey, he's down. No knees, he's down to protect, to protect fucking Stewart. Stewart. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, Absolutely. so. And quite honestly, this fight probably could have been stopped a little bit earlier too because. Probably. Uh, Anders uh, landed uh, a left right to the temple. Yeah. And this was after Stuart had already stood back up once mm -hmm. and survived the first barrage. But then he dropped him again. And when he dropped him, he fell into the turtle position. Yeah. And yeah, at he that point, stopped it, yeah. he could have stopped it because he didn't get on his back. He didn't try to pull him in his guard. He didn't do anything other than just turtle up and try to cover his head. Mm -hmm. uh, Anders jumps on the side and starts trying to hit the side, uh, hit him from the side. And that, that's a point where you see that body language and you say yeah. okay th this fighter's probably not going to recover from this and stop the fight at that point right uh yeah it's on hindsight hindsight but and then uh, you know it's even better in hindsight let's just change the rule yep <laughs> let's just let these fucking knees happen because he's fine aljamain sterling is fine right now it's not like these knees and these kicks to the ground are killing people and doing this crazy damage that let's just you let know what happen you know what uh, Stuart is probably going to have more long-term damage from is going to be from him in the turtle position taking five to six fists to the temple yeah. in a row than the one knee that, by the way, was partially blocked. Yeah, partially blocked, right? But still, it's, partially sure it's still fucked, you know? Oh, for sure. But, for sure. But, but when you take a look is... at the knee that Aljo took, Mm -hmm. he, that was a clean knee to the temple. Yeah, and you even see Aljo's head worse. like <laughs> Yeah, it was definitely back worse. Like a bobblehead. But what sucks even more, and it, you can, it's, it, this isn't the greatest point to die on, right? But if uh, if the, if this were pride, that's a highlight real win for Eric Anders. Pride never you know? die. Pride never die. I still watch. I still watch highlights and fights of Shogun landing these crazy soccer kicks, all these knees to the ground, Randleman. Need people in the fit in the head on the ground from the north south right of the sprawl position. They're fucking awesome highlights, and all those guys are fine. I you mean, Shogun, their careers didn't end, and Shogun's still doing the damn thing. Yeah, yeah. So it it sucks because 
Why, why are we okay with wheel kicks and flying knees on people shooting takedowns and all these crazy, crazy brutal strikes? Oh, but once the knee's down, too dangerous. Get the fuck out of here with that, dude. That's a fantastic win for Eric Anders. He broke the rules. It shouldn't be a win. The rules are the rules. But that's a that's a highlight reel knockout, in my opinion. You know, it sucks. Yep. And it, but you could argue, right, that Darren Stewart is a highlight reel knockout because Darren Stewart was on his knee knowing I can't get need here, and that's why he was there. Exactly. But Anders that shouldn't be part of the game. Stewart probably wouldn't have put himself in that position. He, well, probably, he, he was fucked up. He probably still would have, but... Well, the, the thing is that when he got in that position, he stayed in that position for an extended period of time because you even see Anders kind of like hesitate a little bit and then he's like, ah, I'm going to knee him. And yeah, he yeah, him. yeah. Where like, Stuart probably thought, let me stall a little bit here, mm-hmm. right? Let me put my hand up because I'll be able to block a couple of these punches at least yeah. and try to gather myself again. You know, what, where, um, you know what we were robbed of last night what is that? because of this rule set? When Jordan jumped off the cage to hop around him and then land that hammer fist. He could have jumped on the cage because he was this close to stomping yeah. his face when he jumped, when he landed. Imagine if that was the finish. Imagine if he jumped oh off the God. cage and fucking head stomped him and that was the finish. Oh, what are we doing here? Why don't we want that? <laughs> That's fucking awesome. That would have just bleed, that would have went down as one of the greatest finishes of the UFC in UFC history. If that was allowed. Just would been fucking insane. <laughs> But whatever. All right, man. Do we have anything else on that one? Uh, did you see uh, Piotr Jan's tweet about the fight? Oh, no. What did it say? Because Eric Anders, after, after Piotr Jan need Aljamain Sterling, he tweeted, Jan playing by pride rules. <laughs> this is the pettiest thing. This Piotr No Mercy Jan needs to be switched to petty Piotr Jan because <laughs> he went back and retweeted that with a facepalm when Eric Andres need Darren Stewart. Nice. <laughs> it's so petty, dude. Petty but, Piotr Jan. Yeah, That's awesome. I'm going to call him that from now on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the next one, Mateus Nicolau versus your boy, Manel Cat. This, this dude, by the way, messed up my parlay. <sighs> your parlay was fucked regardless. Thanks, Martinez. We'll cover that one later. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> Manel Cap, dude. It, it, hold on. He's got Before the skill sets. You, hold on. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Before, I don't want to... Let me go first on this one. All right. Fuck this fight. <laughs> and fuck <laughs> all these fans. All these fans who are saying, I feel like this fight was more Manel versus Cap. And and he's really fighting himself, and he really needs to do more and all this stuff. What the fuck fight were you watching? He lost the first round. The narrative going into this fight is he lost his first fight against a very tough opponent because he was complacent with his striking and his volume wasn't there, right? He was coasting a little bit because in his mind, he was dodging pretty much everything that was coming his way and landing his his pot shots. Problem is, he wasn't very active on the offense. He was very much countering the whole time. Never got a finish. Go to the aggressor, right? He learns from that. He learns from that. But because of that, the narrative, and he he has so much hype on him that all these people want to shit on the hype train, right? Because fucking people want to be counterculture, right? Um, And they're like, oh, I don't think he's all that, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, oh, he, his volume, he, he gets complacent. He needs to... He needs to do more in there. He has all these skills. He needs to do more, do more, do more. 
And then so after that first round, they're like, oh, here we go again. This is another one of him not doing much. Dude, he's fighting another man. There's another man putting a game plan in there as well. You know, how about we just give props to Nikolau for winning that first round? It was a fantastic round by him. Second round, Manel Cap comes out, makes the adjustments, clearly won the second the second round. Easy. He he, he fucked him up in the second round. Clearest if you want, round. If you if fight. everybody's saying everybody's still saying it's a mental thing for Manel Cap, the reason he lost his fight, it's a mental thing. He wasn't doing enough. All this stuff. Watch that second round. Watch the second round because what else are you supposed to do? He didn't get the finish. So it's, because he didn't get the finish, that means he's still complacent and he's still on the on the back pedal. Like, dude, he was going for it. He was landing massive combos. His hand speed was looking fantastic. He was slipping stuff. He ha- he was in the center of the cage the whole time. Nikolai couldn't shoot on him because he was defending all the takedowns. His distance management was fantastic. Nikolai was dead in water in the second round. But because he didn't get the finish and because he ends up losing the fight, Everyone's saying, oh, there's just another one, Manel Cap, mental, all these mental things. He needs to be putting it more together. Fuck you, dude. He's fighting another man in there. He put it on him in the second round. Third round comes. Hold on, hold on. Third round comes. <laughs> Very close round. Nikolau makes the adjustments. First round, Nikolau. Easy. Manel Cap makes the adjustments. Takes the second round. Beats him up. Third round. Back again. Nikolau makes the adjustments. Is landing more with volume. Taking the center of the stage, landing his shots. Manel Cap, I think, got a little bit, um, especially in the first half of that round. Uh, not only did he go very hard in the second round, but it seemed like the momentum changed was Manel Cap, and he was going to just put out his his show and do his whole thing. And Nikolau was going to be dead in the water with just the momentum that he had. Nikolau, not I'm not going to ever shit on Manel Cap for the first half of this third round because Nikolau is the one that did great and it was great here. That's mm-hmm. his greatness. It doesn't have to be Manel's shortcomings. It's it's Nikolau's greatness. He, after that second round, said, holy shit, momentum's changing right now. I just I got ran through in that second round. I need to do something, earn the respect, take the center of the stage, and impose my will now. That's what he does. The first half of that round... Was it was close, right? It wasn't it wasn't like a one sided beatdown, but Nikolai was winning that first the first half of that round. He was landing more, he was he was pressuring more. Manel Cap seemed like he was almost taken back by how aggressive he was being. Then Manel Cap, literally like three minutes into the round, Manel Cap starts putting the pressure back on him, making the reads, landing his big shots, and then with like a minute left in the round, they show the stats. And the stats aren't everything. But, and especially live, they're not everything. I haven't gone back and looked at the stats, but third round significant strikes 25 cap, 24 Nicolau. The last minute, all cap. He lands a, he lands a massive knee as, as Nicolau is coming in, lands a big knee, takes him back, lands another knee to the body, a big knee to the body, all within that last minute where supposedly it was even up until that point. He lands the more damaging strikes of the round. He, I don't know final numbers, I don't know what, what it looks like, but. He clearly did the more da- more, most damage there. It was close up until that minute. The minute that last minute, it was all Manel Cap. I don't know how the fuck these judges. Two of the one one judge scored it uh, 29-28 Cap. I thought that was the clearest decision possible. Yes, the the third round was competitive, but when we look at the first half was Nicolau, second half was Cap. I don't even think that's objectable. Like obje- like. I think that's so cut and dry. And then we look at the big knee at the end. It was the biggest strike of the whole the whole round, arguably the whole fight. 
how do you not give that to Cap? Two judges gave it to to Nicolau that third round, so he wins by 29-28. How about this? The media scores, all the journalists is uh let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one. Twenty-one media members, which by the way is all of them that scored this fight, every single one had a twenty-nine twenty-eight cap. And now the narrative is Oh, this guy who's supposed to be this superstar, who's super talented, all this stuff, is now 0-2 in the UFC to start his UFC run. It's so fucked up, man, because that that's affecting how this guy's getting paid in the future. You know what I mean? He just lost half of his check on a fight that he won that I thought was so clear. It wasn't like a, a one-sided beat down the whole fight. That's not why it was clear. But when you break down round-by-round scoring, it was so clear that he won this fight. And you're taking away... <sighs> Dude, you can, you're potentially taking away greatness here. You know, this could have been, the, right now the story is, Manil, oh, Manil Cap's complacent. He's still, he thinks he's too good. He's too showboaty. He, he didn't do enough to win. He thinks he can coast on his skill set. That's, that's the mindset that a lot of people have right now of Manil Cap, where the mindset should be, he had a debut in the UFC and it didn't go his way for clearly, in my opinion, some mental reasons, right? His decision-making, all this stuff. But the story should be he took that loss, learned from it, had more uh, offense in this fight, way more volume, uh, and, and and this could be the start of his his trajectory going his up, ascension. you know? Yeah. Fucking, it pisses me off, dude. And, and there's, fucking Chris Lee is such a terrible judge and there's no, there's no accountability. There's zero accountability. And we talk about it all the time and it's like, how many times do we have to get, do I have to get worked up on a, on a fight where... It doesn't affect me, right? I don't know Manel Cap, you know. I don't know Nicolau, but dude, it's just—it's so fucking frustrating in a sport where they lose half their paycheck and their career path can completely veer off the wrong direction. He's now zero two in the UFC, where he's where his he almost debuted in a title fight, and now he's zero two in the UFC. The talk about trajectories changing, and fuck, man, I don't know what's next for him now. Obviously, it's not gone or anything like that, but. He's going to hopefully get a layup opponent, but fuck, man. You lose three, if he loses his next fight, dude, that can that can destroy a fighter's career. You lose, every fighter talks about when you're on a, even just a two-fight skid, but when you're on a three-fight skid, you're afraid that you're going to get cut in your next fight. Who knows yeah. how you're going to perform now with that in your mindset. And and that, dude, I, I know it's dramatic, but dude, that, that, could, that could ruin someone's career. You get on a three-fight skid or two, even just a two-fight skid, and you go in there with the wrong mental, the wrong attitude of, of holy shit, I'm going to get cut if I lose this fight, and all of a sudden you lose because that's all you're thinking about, and then, and then what? He almost he he almost debuted. He was the alternate for a title fight before he even fought yeah. in the UFC, and now this is where we are because of these fuckers who don't know what the fuck they're watching, and it pisses me off. And that's my rant. <laughs> <laughs> pisses me off, man. <laughs> No, I know, man. I know. Every uh, media, every reporter gave it to Cap. Every single one. This is one. where we need a, a global scoring system. Now, it's fucking the, insane I, I follow, to me. Follow uh, Verdict MMA. H- have you seen that before? Yeah, I don't know what they. I haven't looked at it for this one. But uh, Manel Cap it was like plus uh, 0.81 or something like that. So somewhat of a decisive win when you take a look at Verdict mm-hmm. from the global scoring. And yeah. uh, props to PFL because I believe B- uh, PFL is now adopting uh, verdict scoring as well. But I don't know if is PFL going to use it as the determining factor of the fight, or are they just going to show no. it? 
I, I believe they're going to show. But either way, I think yeah. it's a step in the right direction, right? Where mm-hmm. I, I guess it gives the judges some type of accountability. Like they're not going to go on there and read like, hey, these judges scored against verdict scoring, global scoring. They should. But I think it's a step in the right direction where they say, hey, this is how the world saw it. Yeah. Right. And um, it, I, I'm not saying it's perfect. I'm sure it has its flaws. You're going to have those. Uh, Conor McGregor fans that no matter what happens, you know, he's yeah. going to get knocked out in the second round and be like, I thought he won, right? Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, it, it, it's still a better system than what we have in place right now with these boxing judges mm-hmm. that, dude, honestly, some of the most significant strikes in the fight was that knee in the last minute. Yeah. That shot to the body. Th- those two strikes in the last minute were some of the most significant strikes for the entire fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't know how that they, they didn't take that into account. I will say this though, uh, no cap, uh, might be, and I haven't seen enough of his fights to say this, but just from what I've seen, a, a slow starter, mm-hmm. right? You have like a, a, a Donald Cowboy Cerrone, who's just a slow starter. Yeah. Is that something that you've seen from, from cop? Yeah. Be- because from his fights, his strike, he's such a good counter striker and he's so elusive and he's, he's so aware of the strikes coming his way. That I think it's similar to someone like Mayweather. Obviously, I'm not comparing him to Mayweather as far as skill skill level, but where Mayweather loses pretty much the first three rounds of every single one of his fights because he's taking it all in, adjusting, and figuring out what he needs to be doing. And that's kind of similar to what Manel Cap does. Um, I don't think he's taking rounds off. I think uh, I, th- I think um, he's yeah, pickier he, on, he, on he's his a shots. Bit, yeah, he's definitely a little bit of a slow starter. And and Nikolaou took advantage of that with with his grappling in that first round. But then you see. Did he land one more takedown in the whole fight after that first round? I don't think so. Yeah, so I mean, you cannot throw throw rounds away, and I'm not saying that's what he does. I, I just, Especially when does, it's only it three does seem rounds. like he's yeah, it does seem like he's he's usually spends the first round making reads more so than anything. Um, which yeah, I mean that's that's um, you could argue that that's not the right move, but in my opinion, this fight is a perfect example up until the decision that it is. A very good game plan when you're as skilled as Manel Cap because I thought, I, dude, I, I thought this was so obvious, and I think my stream was behind because you tech. I was like, this would be a pretty clear 29-28 for Cap or something like that, and then you're like, oh wow, and I was like, wait, oh wow, what? What do you mean? Oh, yeah, I, <laughs> and I, was, like, no. I was like, oops. <laughs> I was like, no, whoops. I didn't respond again until you until you text back after that. <laughs> yeah, I was like, please, please. Once I got that and I started like looking around, I was like, wait. I'm still here, and then I see the live chat go, like going crazy, and I was like, "No, no, no!" I was like, "What's happening?" No, no, no! Don't do no. this! <laughs> Don't do this! But man, yeah, uh, I, I think it was still a good showing for for Cap. Yeah, and, and props uh, to Nikolau. Very impressive sure. to to win the first round like that, uh, and then lose the second round and open up the way he did in the third round. Make the adjustments in the third. Yeah, absolutely, fantastic fight. You you mentioned one thing that really stuck with me during your rant, which was <laughs> the. Uh, the fact that everybody's like saying that Manel Cop should impose his will, you know, with his skill set. And we had Alex Caceres in the interview that we did with him, by the way, if you haven't seen it, make sure you check it out, Story of the Fight, uh, where he says, you want to go in there and impose your will, but you have to remember that there's also another person in that octagon that also has a will that's going to mm-hmm. try to impose their will. And that's where you get a fight. Yep. Yeah. And so that was one of the things that stuck with me from that interview. And as soon as he said that, that's the very first thing that popped in my head. Right, dude. Uh, that that second man, round, Caceres has said that. Yeah, yeah. That second round, Manel Cap did more than enough to get a finish in that second round. The problem is, Nikolaou's pretty tough. You know, yep. 
He's a pretty tough fighter. That's all that is. This should not, the dude. I, I don't know why I get so worked up on fucking people's takes on fights and stuff. But when it's, I see all these people saying, "Oh, uh, this guy super underwhelming," I, all this hype behind him, I haven't seen it yet. All this shit. The fuck didn't you see in that fight? What didn't you see in that fight? Yeah. Are we gonna say that? Just fucking, ah, it's just pissing me off, man. Pissing me off. Nah, I feel what? you, man. All right. Let, let, let's move on here because I know we, we could talk another hour here about Manil. Yeah. Cap and. <laughs> yeah. All right. So Obviously, I'm biased on that fight, too, but Jesus Christ. Just a man. little bit. Just a little bit. I mean, I, I think just... he was your selection for the person be holding the title at the end of, uh, of this year, right? Yep. I mean, probably, probably not going to. Probably doesn't happen. But you know now. what? It's okay. It can still happen. It's still March. It's, it's still March. March. That's right. And he, it didn't seem like he took too much damage. So no, he ate some shots. He, he might yeah, be able to hop crazy. back in there. I don't think All he's right, ever rocked. So the next fight: Jonathan Martinez versus Davy Grant. So Grant uh, had been coming off of a knockout in his previous fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jonathan Martinez had uh, a nice little streak going. Nice showing. It was looking like uh, he was really putting fight? everything together. Really did. Really did. Uh, what do you think about this fight? In the first round. Martinez was really putting everything together. <laughs> I was, Dude, those leg kicks, man. Yeah. Those are some hard, hard leg kicks. Yeah, from, and this uh, Martinez. is... I'm going to piggyback back to this fight a little bit in, um, when we talk about the main event. But the first round, I'll be honest, I counted David Grant out of this fight going into it. Fully, fully counted him out. Um I thought Martinez lately has been putting so much, he's just been looking so good. And his, mm-hmm. we talked about striking vocabulary, right? His tool set is so big and he's landing all these different shots and his timing's fantastic. He's disrupting everything that they're doing. His feints are great. His footwork's fantastic. And in that first round, he was kind of doing that. You know, I was like, okay, cool. This is, this is basically um, the, 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 the fourth round of his last fight. <laughs> this is what we're seeing right now. Um, it's just the same thing. And I was like, I don't think the momentum's going to change here. I think he's just going to keep. I thought the every, I thought the first round was indicative of the rest of the fight going into this. Uh, he was landing these great calf kicks. Um, he was just he was going off really, um, especially for a first round, right? No feeling out process for Martinez in this one. And then uh, Grant comes in that second round and is like, uh, "That was cool. Now let me show you." <laughs> my offense and just kept going and martinez just never got a break to disrupt him and never never did anything to stop him um and again not on martinez fully on david grant for imposing his will um yeah and then he just swang and banged his way in (laughs) dude uh, when martinez got dropped and his head snapped back that was so gnarly. That was that looked way worse than the knee that Eric Anders landed. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Fuck, man!" No, I, I didn't see sure. his head hit the hit the mat at all, but brutal. In that first round, though, Jonathan Martinez with the low leg kicks, mm-hmm. and Grant was throwing everything with those power shots. Yeah, he was putting everything into the shots, leaving himself early uh, open a couple times. Yeah, he was throwing and, yeah, that, that right hook, and uh, in that first where uh, Martinez caught him with um, a, a counter. And dropped Grant. 
mm-hmm. right? He wasn't hurt, but he dropped him. Yeah. And I said, okay, well, uh, it looks like Martinez will be able to pick him apart here the rest of the fight. Mm-hmm. But, dude, with with the amount of power that he was putting into every one of those shots, all it took was just one shot. Yeah. And we, yeah. And we saw it. Uh, so I, I don't think this is a huge knock on Jonathan Martinez. It just shows Davy Grant is very tough. Yeah. And dude's got power. And, and it's one hand. of those fights where... Hands. Yeah, if you're going in to fight David Grant, you cannot let him get rolling because mm-hmm. you may think, oh, he's throwing all these power shots. I'm seeing them coming from a mile away. I can evade them. I can pick them apart and stuff. But you have to keep picking them apart. You have to disrupt it because eventually he'll start finding his range with those strikes. It goes for every fight, every every strike, right? If you're real quick and, and you're straight on everything and you're not wasting any energy and you're not even let, let, you're not throwing with power, you're just snapping everything, right? You could be, at the beginning, you're finding your range. Eventually, if you continue to be allowed to throw these strikes, eventually you will find your range. And this is kind of what happened, right? He didn't give Martinez a chance to disrupt him in that second round. And eventually, he found his range. And goddamn, dude, that was a big shot. Very big shot. That was a big shot. And you could tell right away, because after Martinez fell and his body was like horizontal yeah. to where Grant was. And he did that thing with his eyes where he looks over and he has like that, oh shit, look on his face. Like he's about to just drop a hammer on me. Yeah, And you know, at that point in time, he's telling his body like, block, dude, move, do yeah. something. And there's and nothing and happening not other than like slow motion, like, ah, oh, shit. Uh, so it, it was over, man. It was good stoppage. Yeah. And, and uh, props to uh, Davey Grant for really showing up. Uh, Martinez going into this was one of the biggest favorites of the night. I think he was a plus 300. Yeah, makes sense, man, because uh, he's been this. looking really good. For sure. Uh, didn't make sense to Davey Grant. Somebody didn't tell me he was supposed to lose this fight. I know. Because uh, he came out with a knockout, so props to Davey Grant, man. I'd, I'd like to see what his leg looks like today. Probably gnarly. Dude, it's probably not ankle? great. Yeah. You see the, the ankle? Can't and be good. Even the camera at the end, you know, when they're announcing the, the winners and they move the camera down, I was like, well, that's purple and swollen. Yeah. It's not supposed to look that way. <laughs> All right, man. That's uh, probably so black fight. right now. Oh, for sure. For sure. <laughs> Just like uh, Rojo's face. Because, dude, he had bruises all over and again. We'll post that picture. So, Dan Ige versus Gavin Tucker. 50K, baby. <laughs> <laughs> dude, I, I'm a big Ige fan. By the way, so yesterday, I've never done DraftKings with MMA. Yeah. I've done, like, uh, Sportsbook is where I usually go and play some bets. The people that don't want to take your money, well, they take my money all the time. Yeah. And, uh, I like I said, I had a parlay going in this and uh, didn't finish up too well. Thanks to Cop. But either way, it would have lost Martinez. But uh, I, I did You blame Chris Lee you... for that. Yeah, thanks, Chris Lee. Where, <laughs> uh, you go through and you pick like six fighters. And based off of like takedowns, strikes, uh, whether mm-hmm. they win or not, uh, whether it's a knockout, submission, like you get points based off that. Um, so I, I went through and did that. Won some cash doing that. So I might just try the DraftKings thing uh, going forward. Mm-hmm. But Dan Ige on there was one of the highest scores for the night, just based off the fact that it was quick fight, yeah, <laughs> knockout, dude. Was it a hundred percent striking accuracy? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> one for one, baby. And uh, no, but dude, it, it's one of those cases where Gavin Tucker goes in and says, "I'll eat one of yours to land one of mine," and he yeah. did, and he was like, "Oh, like that? That's that's a lot to chew." Yeah, and and props to Gavin Tucker for for taking the fight on short notice. And props to Ige 
for allowing it and and making the adjustment because Gavin Tucker, I don't know if you've seen uh, his fights or Ryan Hall's fights, but two very different fighters to game plan for. Uh, oh, yeah, Ryan Hall, sure. it's stay the fuck away from me. And Gavin Tucker, it's let's swing and bang. So props to Ige for even taking the short notice fight also. I feel like everybody gives props to the fighter who steps in on short notice, but we need to remember that yeah. the guy who's... Ige could very easily say nah. Dude. I don't know if I wonder if Ryan Hall uh, um, refunded him for the, uh, the seminars because <laughs> he bought the he bought the Ryan Hall jujitsu DVDs in Who preparation did? for their fight. Ige did. Ige, no shit. <laughs> yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah. Well, that's probably why at the end of the fight during his uh, his interviews, like I feel like I've improved not just mm-hmm. in my striking but on my overall game. Yeah. So thank you. Ryan Hall for helping them improve in his <laughs> jujitsu yeah. game as well. And, nice, and dude, you dude. hear about um, side note, but you hear uh, Corey Sanhagen talking about how uh, Ryan Hall, as of late, is probably the biggest influence on his growth as a fighter. And he's like, dude, that guy. He said he feels like he uh, dumbs himself down in like interviews and and podcasts and stuff like that. Uh, even though he comes across very smart and articulate when it comes to jujitsu. He's like, I think he holds back and stuff like that because when you're when you're training with him and you're one on one with him, it's like you're like taken aback by like how much he understands just everything as far as positioning and and like what to do next and how what what his options are, what can I do to take away those options and just so he's a master. So he probably did learn some from those seminars. <laughs> the he DVDs. probably did. <laughs> Ryan Hall, man, I just want to see him fight. I know. I just want to see know. him fight, man. It's just how long has it been? How long must I wait? Yeah, geez. All right. Well, there's not much else to cover on this. It was a quick fight. I don't think it. I think this was a 19 second knockout. 22. It didn't. It didn't seem that long. It didn't seem like that long, but it was also because Bisping, and this is also part of the part of why I love Fitz. Liked. I'm really starting to like Fitzgerald, uh, and DC and Bisping. <laughs> He's like our clocks. Just, our clocks are pretty accurate. I I, I like to think <laughs> they're like not even listening to him. And it's like, dude, he's the play-by-play. You guys, are, like, dude. you guys are supposed to be bouncing off what he says. Even Bisping was like, "Shut up, Fitzgerald." Like, I know. I'm one of those fights, and I was just like, "What is going on right now?" But All like, right, they kept so, counting in the replay, and they're like, "Guys, the replay didn't start at the beginning of the fight. Why are you counting?" No, but you can see the clock behind two, him. Where DC was like, "One, two, and then yeah. Bisping's like, "That's slow motion, DC." Yeah. <laughs> I was just like what is going yeah, on what right the now? fuck is happening <laughs> all right so the next fight ryan span versus misha Sirkinov. Mm-hmm. ryan span's a killer dude yeah he really is and, and it sucks because uh i feel like when someone loses to johnny walker it shouldn't count as a loss <laughs> like it, <laughs> it like it should count as a loss but it shouldn't drop their their cred you know what i mean because yeah dude <laughs> There's just there's shit flying all over the place, you know, and he, he had him hurt, you know, and, and Johnny Walker just has that crazy power and just uh, is so wild that like you're going to get hit with something, you know, but. Uh, yep. So Span in his last 10 fights is one nine out of his last 10. man. That's what, And that's it's, what I mean, Span's right? So deal. other than that Johnny Walker fight where he was about to win before he got caught, um, you know, he's looked fantastic and it sucks because. You look at um, some of the canceled fights on his on his uh, his list: Jimmy Crute, OSP, mm. Paul Craig. Uh, th- these are fights that if they 
had happened and he won, he's in a very different place right now in his career. Yep. Um, yep. So I like his call out. He called out the winner of uh, Jimmy Crew. Who's Jimmy Crew fighting? He's fighting. Um, who the hell does Don't he remember. have? Anthony Smith. So that's a great call oh, yeah. out for him. That's a good. That's a very good call out. Yeah. If he I, and I think he should. If I don't know, Jimmy Crute's on that trajectory right now, but Ryan Spain's legit, man. He's got crazy power too, especially the second one that dropped Serkinov. That second one barely even got him. Barely got him. Yep. Brush aside the head. Him. Yeah. Yep. Still dropping. Hey, he's got good power. He's got good power. Yeah. Uh, I mean, th- this was another quick fight. Minute and 11 seconds into uh, the first round. So not we, we didn't see a lot from Misha Serkinov either. Mm-hmm. No, but a uh, great, great job to uh, Ryan Spann for doing what he had to do. And, and you hear night. about after the fact. Very little to no damage. Yeah, and you hear about after the fact. Um, the, this fight was scheduled originally for last year. Um, and Serkinov got injured and they tried to rebook it. And Ryan Spann had to pull out. And they never talked about why. And he never said why. He said he was dealing with something that's personal. And in the interviews after this fight, he was asked a few times. And he was like, I'm not, I'm not going to get into it. And I think the last thing he said about it was, I, I just have a lot to fight for. I was like, yeah. fuck, man. I just want to see him do well. Seems like a good dude. Yeah, you know? for, for sure. For sure. Uh, hopefully we see him back in there very soon. Very yeah. strange. That was his 20, 25th fight. Yeah. He, yeah. He's, he's done some work in the octagon, man. All right. Yeah, he's legit, so man. The, I like him a lot. The, the next one here, man, uh, Leon Edwards. Moving into the main event. Law Muhammad. Yeah. Remember the name. I, I really like Remember Bilal the name. <laughs> Not creepy. <laughs> but, uh, dude, I really like Bilal Muhammad a lot. Wait, you know, what? Uh, Bilal Muhammad. I, yeah. I really like him a lot. Uh, you know, uh, Seems like a good dude. Even outside the octagon, yeah, it just seems like somebody that's having fun. Kind of goofy. You see why he's, yeah, goofy. I, I said he looks super goofy walking into the octagon. I think I texted you that. <laughs> that smile he does. Glasses. Glasses on that are kind of crooked, yeah. The hoodie on, and the the video he posted of how uh, Tony Ferguson trains yeah. is hilarious. Uh, but man, he's going up against Leon Edwards. Uh, I had still picked Bilal Muhammad going into this because of the two hundred and something day layoff that Leon Edwards had. Yeah, but very quickly you got a reminder of why Leon <laughs> of how Edwards good Leon is Edwards one is. of the top fighters in the world. Very good. His he's his fantastic. straight punches. Are fucking brute. His one two, yep. His one two and, and his high kicks. God damn. The funny thing is, I was looking for that one two because when they were showing him warm up and they're using the noodles, yeah. And that's exactly what he had going over and over again. One two, right? Yeah. And then he'd slip, slip, one Pissing. two, and I was like, I right, here we go. Let's see this one two in the fight. And man, it was landing on Bilal. Yeah, he was punching through him. You know, punching the back of his head. And let me say for all the people that are online saying. I've been poked in the eye before. Not that bad. Could have continued. Are people making that take? Dude, I've seen it a few times and it's so frustrating. Dude, not only did he step into it a little bit, but we have Leon Edwards going straight at him with force. Yeah. And when, dude, when you zoom into the picture um, and you see the bottom eyelid bulging, that's Leon Edwards' finger in yeah. there. That's making back. that bo- oh, dude! Come how about on. this? It's- this is all. This is all that really needs to be said about it. If anybody, anybody is saying Bilal Muhammad 
babied it or was acting or anything like that uh, or isn't tough because of his reaction to it, all you have to do is watch that first round where he eats a fucking high kick and continues fighting and his demeanor doesn't skates. even change. He's rocked, he's wobbly, and he's still in the fight yep. compared to how he reacted to that eye poke. If he can take that fucking head kick, his reaction to that eye poke means that it was pretty fucking bad. Yep. You know what I mean? I'd like to see anybody who... I've had eye pokes before and it, it's not that bad. I'd like to see them take that head kick and see how they react to that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, they like, wouldn't have to get poked in the eye at that point. Yeah. Because they'd, they'd be probably out. be out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But man, uh, again, it just sucks. One, because this was a big opportunity for Bilal. Stepped up. First main notice. event. First main event. You could tell him it's so much And his opportunity to, to really cement himself as one of the top fighters mm-hmm. in that division. For Leon Edwards, what people were saying, apparently, is that Dana had mentioned, you know, if Leon Edwards wins this fight, he might be looking at a title shot shortly yeah. after. Mm-hmm. So this was an opportunity for both of these men to come out of this. They were both fighting for a lot, but to come out of this just with... Elevated. What, what, yeah, elevated, exactly. And now... Nobody gets elevated. We're at know, a stalemate. Man. Leon's still calling for the title shot off of this. Man, dude, you got to shoot a shot. Good man, he looked he good. Looks but good. And this is, is where I want to segue. Distance management too. Yeah, very good. But this is where very I good. want to circle back to the Grant versus Martinez fight because that first round, Martinez had all the answers, and then gets knocked out in the second round. I don't think. I think Leon Edwards was going to win this fight. Yeah. But no matter how good you look in one round or the second round or the third round or the fourth round, you can still get knocked out in the fifth round. And so I, I don't think we should just assume, oh, Leon was going to win that fight. Let's give him the title shot. I don't think we should do that. Um, I mean, you saw Nikolao make adjustments in his fight yeah, exactly. coming into the third round. Yeah, it could that, happen. That saved him that fight. Mm-hmm. So we don't know what the adjustments look like for Bilal yeah. coming out of his corner. We, we're yeah, exactly. not going to get to see that. Like I said, probably not going to happen. You know, I think Leon Edwards is sharp as fucking nails, dude. Like he is so crisp and just, like you said, his distance management is is probably second to none in that division other than other than Wonderboy, right? Him and Wonderboy probably have the best distance management in the, in the welterweight division. Um, and let's just do that fight. Uh, unpopular Leon. opinion. Unpopular opinion. Leon Edwards would probably beat up Jorge Masvidal. Oh, this it's not even a, a conversation in my opinion. But it it is overall in the MMA community because there's it a is. bunch of people it that is. saw that that video yeah. where Style he walks wise. away from Laura Sanko. Mm-hmm. By the way, we need more Laura Sanko. But anyways, yeah. that's another conversation. And and you know he goes over there, gives him the three piece in a soda, as he likes yeah. to call it. So that's what a lot of fans remember. But Put these two in an octagon. Let them have at it where they both know exactly what to expect. Yeah. And Leon's striking, I, I though. I think Leon... His striking style is the striking style that beats beats Masvidal. Um, Masvidal comes in with... He has he, he throws straight punches, but he's, he throws really long hooks a lot of the times. They're not like wide looping hooks. They're pretty sharp. But mm-hmm. Leon Edwards, that one too, stopped that hook all day. You know who and you're not going to bully Leon Edwards. What was that? The last loss for Leon Edwards. Was it Usman? Kamaru Usman. 
Yeah. That, dude, how that's, long ago? He, he, that was six a years long ago. Time ago. Yeah, 2015. So this guy yeah. hasn't lost since 2015. I mean, granted, he hasn't fought in almost, yeah. you know, what a year plus. Yeah. But still, I mean, that division, that whole division's fucked right now, dude. That top five is such a shit show right now. It is. So, uh, are we done with this fight? Because this actually takes me into my Will's wisdom. Yeah, let's do it. So, Will's wisdom. Here we go. You ready? All right. So, should there be a requirement for ranked fighters to fight a specific amount of times in a year's period to keep their ranking? The reason I ask this is because after the fight yesterday, they show the ranking for the the welterweight division. And I just thought to myself, like you said, this is such a clusterfuck with... Jorge Masvidal not wanting to fight unless he gets this fight. Wonderboy out there posting with the nicest calls in history to everybody out there. Yeah, hey, please. Your fight. Please, thank you and have a nice day. But like everybody in that division, Leon Edwards hadn't fought forever where he could have, mm-hmm. but he refused to fight this person, refused to fight this person. Finally, they're like, your rankings are gone. He's like, actually, I don't mind find, fighting uh, Hamza Shimaev. Mm-hmm. So should there be a requirement for the amount of times a fighter fights in a year to keep the ranking? I don't think so because there's in this sport there's so many batshit crazy things that happen. Like there was a fight that mm-hmm. was canceled last night because someone got arrested. You know, Kamzat was supposed to fight, got COVID and was coughing up blood in the sink, retired. He got pressured by a mob boss to continue fighting. <laughs> but so there's so much stuff that happens behind the scenes and yeah. we don't know the politics of matchmaking and stuff like that. Um, you hear it from one fighter's side and it's completely different from the other fighter and Dana's like we never even offered that fight and so it's like I think it's there's too much uh too many variables and unknown behind the scenes and then on top of that um normally what happens if you're sitting out the division keeps moving and you get passed by the problem with this division though is everybody's playing that politics game in that top five right now everybody and that's why it's happening uh normally it doesn't happen like this you know you sit out you get passed by eventually people are are people who are continuing to fight are gonna pass you up and i think that's how it should work right but yeah i, I mean I, I, don't I take a look at like a gilbert burns for example and lately he's been tweeting out to different people like hey let's do this hey this fight sounds fun let's do it mm-hmm. june maybe who's down you know so like i think about fighters like gilbert burns that yeah. wants to have the division continue moving Mm-hmm. But then again, you run into the Jorge Masvidal's, uh, the Kobe Covington's, Leon yeah. Edwards to a certain extent. I uh, think part of it too that, man. that uh, we should bring up too though is, is the fact that for a long time now they've been trying to organize a return of the ultimate fighter with Kobe and Masvidal as coaches. So they're probably really not even offering them them fights because they're trying to get that done. Because why would they offer them fights if they're trying to have them coach on a season and fight at the end of it so that takes two of the top guys out of the division or out of the top five um hey for real though how fun would that be yeah it'd be awesome that i i haven't watched tough in a while i'll, I'll tune into that one yeah it'd be fun it'd be a shit show I, I think we'll we'll get another classic you know uh like uh can't let you get close to me chel sunday and uh vanderlei silva <laughs> yeah Dude, also one of the be- best moments on tough ever yeah, Masvidal versus Colby stylistically is a fantastic fight. Mm-hmm. It's a great fight. I'd love to see it. Let's yep. get Wonder Boy title shot, and then Leon Edwards can go uh, put boxing gloves on and never poke somebody in the eye again. <laughs> so, <laughs> on that note, uh, last night's nasty eye poke is a reminder that there is a problem. 
it, it happens way too often. I think back to like even Stipe versus DC. Uh, you know, it happens way too often. What's the solution, Will? Right now, break it down for us on Story of the Fight. What's the solution to these eye poke issues? Dude, the solution is new gloves. It's and, and the UFC has said like eight years ago, they were like, we're working on something. It's going to eliminate eye pokes. And I think it was the negotiations with Trevor Whitman with his gloves. Mm-hmm. Um, but the UFC gloves suck. They're by far, out of every organization that's out there, they're the worst gloves. They're terrible. Yeah. I think I heard Trevor Whitman uh, talking about it on Rogan where he said that they were really close, but UFC wanted to own. Yeah. Like they the want to own the IP. They wanted to own everything. They want to own the IP. So, uh, which it's like, dude, you guys have so much fucking money. Just make it happen. You know? Yep. Like, <clears throat> this just keeps happening. At what point do they realize, hey, I mean, you remember Yair Rodriguez versus <laughs> Jeremy Stevens? It was like all this yeah. bad blood and it's about to happen. I poke, fight's over, first round. Like, what the yep. fuck? Um, you think that would be enough of a wake-up call for them to just actually just be like, you know what, we're going to bite the bullet. We're a fucking billion-dollar company at this point. Like, let's just do this, new, these new gloves. Because the UFC gloves, um, they, they're designed almost for grapplers, more so than for strikers. So when you're in the glove and you go like a limp hand, it's, it's pulling your hand open. You have to force it to make a fist. Uh, you have to pull it down and squeeze it. Whereas something, something oh, like oh. something What's like a this? pride a pride glove. You see, even with this plastic, it's already starting to kind of curve. You know. Yeah. And when it's when it's on your hand, um, it already curves your hand like this. It's not like this, but it's like this. Which ultimately, you can still grapple. You can open your hand if you want to, um, and uh, <laughs> but uh, that's the move, right? You have new gloves. Uh, they also have drawstrings. Mm. You know, much better. Uh, not just the wrist, the wristband, because it again, it, it pulls it, it pulls it into you, so that you don't have to force it to to to, to close. Um, dude, people talk about just just wearing the UFC gloves. Your hands get sore just wearing them because you're constantly having to pull your fingers in. Um, that's the solution. Trevor Whitman, if you haven't watched the Trevor Whitman on Joe Rogan podcast where they go over his gloves um, and even just the foam that's inside it, it's crazy. Yeah. The foam itself is insane. They use the shittiest material ever for the UFC gloves. Um it's like, just fucking bite the bullet. Your, your sport will be better because of it. What are we waiting for? And that's what I'm thinking. It's for the betterment of the sport. Yeah. Right? Like, at, at what point do these egos get set aside and say, well, we've got to own everything. Yeah. We bought out, you know, this. We bought out that. We, like, we have to own everything and just say, well, this is for the betterment of the sport. We're, we're going to have less fights like this main event mm-hmm. that's over in the first round. We don't get to see a finish on it. A lot of what ifs left over because a lot of, of fans disappointed. Absolutely, absolutely. Hey, so I think about Richard Casual. Did you watch any fights last night? Uh, none. No UFC fights. I was in a fight event of my own. What? What? What fight event? Like, uh, are we talking? Like, hey, man, we had commentary. Like we had a, a eight man bracket. We're going to the going to fight the finish. Uh, Smash Bros. Super Smash Bros. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well. Not the fight I was thinking, but I think about like a Richard Casual, for example, that's watching fighting. And let's say I pull Richard Casual and call him over and say, hey, let's watch these fights, man. This main event, 
you know, mm-hmm. you got Leon Edwards. He's had uh, a long hiatus against an up-and-coming fighter, Bilal Muhammad. This should be a lot of fun. Both of them are extremely high energy. First round, I poke done. I know. Do you think Rich Casual going forward is going to say, hey, let me watch the next one? I know. Let me see who gets need illegally next time. Yeah. Or let me see who gets eye poked again next time. Like, especially, it, it's going to... Yeah, especially when it happens in the main event like this and then people are so focused on main event of the card instead of the whole card, you know? It's yep. like... A lot of people don't even watch the prelims. They just jump in towards the main fight and all they're waiting for is that main main event. Everything else is just kind of like a bonus. And it's like, then you build up all the way to it and then this happens and you're like... Very anticlimactic. Yeah. All right. Last one. Not as serious, but have you seen the PFL's ref cam? No, I haven't. No? Okay, well then we can't answer this one uh, because I was going to say, should UFC adopt the PFL... I have, seen the, I have seen the Pride and the Ryzen ref cams. Okay, so so it, it's like a little camera. You mm-hmm. wear it right here on the side, right? Should the UFC adopt this? Yes. Yes, so you like the, the ref cam? 100%. If, if only for it, I don't think we, we even need to cut to it during the fight. If only for the finishes. Yep. It makes the finishes, because we're watching it as a sport, right? And that's great, and that's awesome, and we see the finish, it's great. When you cut to the ref cam in Pride and someone gets dropped and you're, the, the corners the, the ref's in the corner on the far side and he like runs over there and like dives in, dude, that is a level of intensity that you can only get with that camera. Yeah. So if yeah. only for the, the replay of knockouts and finishes of the ref running over and stopping the fight, that alone is worth it. I don't need it to be a part of the live feed or like ever cut to the ref camera during the fight. But for finishes, shit's awesome. By the way, uh, did he, Chris, I think it was Chris Tagnoni uh, mm-hmm. against uh, Mitt, where Mitt got dropped. Mm-hmm. And he jumps on top of him and he goes, no, 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 yeah. no, no. And he said no, I don't know how many times that I felt like he was getting scolded by his dad at that I point. I know. <laughs> it was so funny. Uh, but man, that's all I got for Will's Wisdom. Nice. Do you have anything else for this week? Um, not for this week. Um, next I know week. we got some we fights got, coming up next week, right? We got our boy Kevin Holland uh, main eventing. Um, a real fight this time sanction yeah. fight sanction fight uh allegedly <laughs> uh but dude, allegedly. gregor gillespie versus brad riddell as the co-main Ooh. is this gonna be the first fight gillespie has since his gnarly knockout mm-hmm. so he's taking some time he's taking some time and he always kind of does in between fights uh and i really yeah, like rather, brad riddell be fishing this is a very hard fight for riddell oh you're very buying tight to Ivasa. yeah bam bam <laughs> max griffin's fighting dude, I, I hope Taito Ivasa gets another win because whenever he wins, he goes hard that falling night and it's always gold the next day, man. I know. Always fucking gold the next uh, day. Adrian Yanez is fighting too. I like him a lot. Uh, Trevin Giles, I'm a fan of. Leonardo Santos, Grant Dawson. Um, yeah, it's it's a good card. I really like it. It's a fun one. I'm, nice. I'm excited. So th- there's a lot of good fights coming up this next week. That, um, that main card, main event, uh, should be a banger for sure, man. Yeah. And they, then, they've been talking uh, a lot of trash going back and forth. On top of that, on... What is it? Is it March 20th? Uh, yeah. Let's see. I think on March 20th, mm-hmm. we got... March 21st. Rising. 
is coming back. Ooh. And that's exciting. March 21st, Ryzen. We also yeah. have uh, one championship that's going to be having an event here pretty soon as well. And I think that's going to be Mighty Mouse is on that card. Eddie mm-hmm. Alvarez is on that card. So there's a lot of good fights coming up. Uh, for anybody listening right now, if you like this week's content, check out last week's where we also covered UFC 259, Jan Blachowicz. Uh, versus Israel Adesanya. Mm-hmm. We also had, I think we mentioned earlier, an interview with Alex Caceres, which hands down, man, you, you listen to this guy talk, and you're just in awe with how cerebral and wise uh, oh, yeah. Alex Caceres is, man. Still think about the, some of the stuff that he says, not just in like fighting, like when I'm watching fights, but just mm-hmm. like in everyday life. I know, this guy right? is legit, man. And then also, I love it. both sides of the coin, right? He's got that, and then also hilarious. And like super charismatic, oh, awesome. so it's like, dude, when he starts talking about the uh, the fights in Miami, yeah. he's talking about like waiting for chocolate, and instead like who something cash, shorty cash, just like, both those fights shorty. by the way are on YouTube. You can watch both those fights, dude. Just fantastic guys. So again, if you haven't listened to that, go listen to it. You won't regret it. And that's all I got for this week. Yeah, that's all I got for this week too. Oh, uh, all right, what about the shirts? Ah, yes, got announced the winners. So we have a, a local guy over here in Texas, JV, who won a Story of the Fight shirt. So congratulations, uh, JV. Uh, be in communication with him via Instagram. <laughs> and then uh, we also have uh, Jake, Jake Medlin, over from uh, California. Boy, that's Jake the Snake. Yeah, Jake the Snake, who's uh, going to be getting a shirt. Uh, he opted in for one of the new Pride shirts uh, that we're going to be ordering here pretty soon, which is a Story of the Fight theme, of course. But with like a pride type lettering, so that should be pretty Took exciting. Me once you get that longer in. than I care to admit to make that shirt. Very but difficult. But it's gonna be worth it once it gets in. You're gonna see it. Well, it's gonna be worth it. So that's <laughs> all I got this week. Well, you got anything else? Nope. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening to this week's story of the fight.